welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hey, welcome everybody to the First Things First podcast. I, I wish you guys could see the, the, the video of what just happened because... Uh, we were getting down during the <laughs> during the intro music, so 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 that should kind of clue you in a little bit. We're, I'm on a Zoom call today because you know on our podcast every week we try to invite people in um, who uh, who could who just sh- kind of share their stories of faith, and we try to we try to find amazing, interesting, awesome people um, that can kind of share just their story of their faith, and but but normal people just like kind of you and I and. Um, and, and so a lot of folks from our church have, have, have come in and shared. And if you've been listening to our podcast, there's just some awesome, awesome stories. But today, my guest is joining me via Zoom because she's not able to come in to this, our little uh, improvised studio here at the church and do this because she's in Belgium. She's in Belgium playing basketball. So, uh, right, our guest today, our guest today is Brittany Brewer. Um, and so uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, let me just share with you a little bit about Brittany Brewer. She is a uh, Texas Tech Lady Raider basketball legend, so uh, so has all kinds of uh, records at, uh, as a Lady Raider basketball player, played there for four years, um, so All-American, all kinds of awesome stuff in, in her career while she was there, and, uh, and then uh, was drafted into the WNBA, played one season in the WNBA, and now she's overseas right now playing in Belgium. And we're looking forward to her coming back because not only is Brittany an amazing basketball player and an amazing human being, she's also related to me. She's my niece. And so we can't wait for her to get back to the States because we missed her face really bad. So today, like I'm getting to see her face on the computer screen and it's awesome because I've missed your face, Brittany. I've missed your face. So... Yeah, I've missed yours too. <laughs> thanks, thanks. You know, and that's, you must, you mo- you know, you must really love me as your uncle because people don't often say, I miss your face, Brad. I just want to throw that out there. Like, usually like, I, there's a lot about you that I miss, Brad, but maybe not your face. Maybe that's the point. I, I miss your face. Okay. All right, all right, thanks. So, uh, so Brittany, uh, Brittany, why don't, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to our podcast family, all those folks who are out there listening, tell them what do, what do people need to know about Brittany Brewer? What is the essential Brittany Brewer? Like, what do we need to know? Yeah. Um, I guess when I'm introducing myself to people, one of the first things I'll say is, um, I'm Brad Miles' niece. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Of course you do. Of course. Honestly. Honestly, that's happened a lot because everyone's like, oh, you're Brad's niece. Oh, you're Brad's niece. It's crazy. The world is small. Anyways. That happens. But, um, that happened the opposite to me. People be, oh, Brittany Brewer, that's your, that's your niece. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So. Well, they only know that because you talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. So um, I'm a basketball player. I'm in Belgium right now. I'm finishing up my season. I have two weeks left. Uh, roughly two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my first full overseas season, so um, learned a lot <laughs> for yeah. sure. But I love it. I'm gonna do it again. I love it. I don't know where I'm gonna go next, but um, I love basketball, and so any opportunity to play it, I want to keep playing for as long as I can. Um, and yeah. I, I love podcasts, so this is cool. Um, and I can't. I'm. I will be home in the summer, so I can't wait to visit the church. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I haven't even seen their house yet. So I'm so excited to yeah. get up there, see y'all, and um, get to go to your church too. Yeah. I'm really. <laughs> That's gonna be great. We. I can't. I can't wait for that either. So. Uh, so okay, talk. Let's now look. I know you don't like to do this, okay? But let's talk a little bit about your career as a lady raider, because a lot. Mm-hmm. Listen, we have some rabid. Texas Tech fans in our church <laughs> and Lady Raider fans, so they're going to be super excited that we're talking. But, but uh, so you're the are, are, you're the career uh, record holder for rebound. I mean, for blocks, right? At as a Lady Raider, were you first on the list? I don't know. I I don't know. I actually don't know any like statistics. <laughs> <laughs> So for the like you guys, you should know Brittany. This is so typically Brittany. She's just so humble and doesn't really 
but uh, but I think it's safe to say. Look, anyone anyone who's watched the Lady Raiders over the course of time, you're you're uh, you're one of the best players that's ever that's ever played at Texas Tech. You um, you were the, the actually the highest rated recruit coming out of high school that they ever recruited. So I, I know that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm pretty sure you were the career leader in blocks. You're way up. Yeah, on there. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, a tied an NCAA record with 16 yeah. blocks in a game. Isn't that right? Yes, yeah. Mm, I, remember. I wish I would have stayed in there just one minute longer. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still mad at, I'm, I'm mad at that coach for a lot of reasons, but I'm mad at her for that. She should have kept you in that game. One more block. I didn't know, and then they told me like, "Oh, you could have broken it. You still had like four minutes to play." And I was like, "Why did I get pulled out?" I, I know that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah. Oh, Sorry, uh, siren. siren in the background. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're coming for you, Brittany. So <laughs> the ambulance, hopefully not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so, okay. So that, so obviously great career at, at Texas tech, all kinds of accolades while you were there. Um, super involved in FCA and everything mm-hmm. while you were, while you're in college and, uh, and, uh, female athlete of the year for FCA, uh, one, one, one time in your career. So, um, so talk, let's, let me just, what's your favorite thing about playing in Europe right now? Like what, what has been the, the your favorite thing about this season over there? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing probably doesn't have too much to do with basketball, but I love like the European lifestyle is cool. It's just yeah. so different than the United States, even like my teammates mindsets and my coach's mindsets are just so, I don't know. It's like, it's almost seems slower over here. Right. Like they just take more time to enjoy their friends or they like, I don't know in the States right now, it hasn't always been this way. You know, people want to get home and watch Netflix, you know, Yeah. but here it's like, I will stay at this restaurant for four hours with my friends. Like it's like, that's just normal. And they do it on weeknights. They do it their schedule just seems so different. It's much more like easygoing to me. And, um, they don't wear, you know, sweats to dinner. You dress nice dinner is an event, you yeah, know, and they right. do it every night. It's like, just seems like, you know, it's so, and it's cool. Like sports wise, there's restaurants connected to the court. So everyone goes after and eats. It's like this big family kind of thing. And that's pretty common yeah. from what I found across the different, even countries. Um, it's kind of like this family dynamic so it's pretty cool i i like the european like i don't know i give the lifestyle yeah but they're just so social you know it's right. just, <laughs> it that, just seems so different <laughs> yeah that well I, I agree i think you know so one of the things that one of the things i think i feel like we've we lose in our culture often is is just that um, and especially, I think, you know, with COVID and everything, and I know when you first went over there, COVID was kind of a big deal because they were still locked down pretty hard when you yeah. first went over there. Yeah. But but one of the things that's happened kind of in our culture is that we've lost that, that sense of connectivity, you know, and that, that I like how you put it. They kind of like, they kind of like celebrate their relationships yeah. with each other. They they take time for them. And, and, and we often don't do that as much. So you're right. That, yeah. That's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And like to them, like most Europeans I've met, um, I'm sure it differs country to country and family to family, but like work is not this like, you know, end all be all. Mm. And they would, you know, they're okay with taking time off, you know, right. they, and their bosses are okay with it. You know, they're like, I'll go on vacation. You know, I just, they go on vacation way more than anyone I've ever met. Like <laughs> you're on vacation again. Like how many vacation days do you get? So yeah. It's sort of like earth shattering for me over here because the States, it's like if you take a week off, you're like the worst worker ever. I know, know, yeah. And it's like a source of pride sometimes for us. <laughs> yeah. like, I haven't taken vacation day in four years. Like you're supposed to be impressed like, by that. Like that's good. Okay? And so, yeah, right, right, right. So, uh, so that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're getting to have this experience. How cool, you know, how cool is that? That's, that's really a special thing yeah. that the Lord's given you that opportunity and, uh, and and obviously we're I'm praying that you get to do it you know as many many more times as you can handle so I think yeah. that'd be great so so okay so basically what kind of what we do on the show is we just kind of 
we just kind of talk a little bit. And, and, uh, and one of the things that we really like to, you know, that we really like to hear from folks is we, we like to hear about your faith story. Like, um, how did you, how did you come to a point in your life where you realized you, you needed to surrender your heart and your life to Christ? And, um, and what did that look like? You know, who, who, uh, who were maybe some people that were really influential in that, but, but just kind of tell your, kind of tell the story about how you came to faith. Yeah. So obviously our family, we grow up in the church, you right. know? Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure, like I have pictures. I don't even know how old I was. I was baptized when I was like six. I honestly have the worst memory as well. So it's like, I don't even remember like barely anything. Like I don't even remember getting baptized. You know, uh-huh. I have that picture and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, cool. I'm baptized. <laughs> glad anyway, to know that so, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to know. Yeah. So, uh, raised in the faith, rock star, like, just faith figures in my life as well. Um, so that played a really like important part. So I can see why, you know, I wanted to be a Christian at that young age. Yeah. I mean, the people I loved were, you know, yeah. and, um, but, you know, and I believe children for sure, you can have that like transformation take place when you're younger. But I just yeah. don't think I realized what all it meant. I didn't sure. realize what it was going to cost and what it looked like, you know, I'm a kid. My main priority is what Barbie am I going to play with? You know, (laughs) not how am I going to, you know, obey God, you know? Yes. Right. But I still, you know, I believed I still loved him. I don't, I'm not saying that. So, but I think my faith kind of became my own um, when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Um, Cause I had kind of like, you know, dabbled in, um, whether or not, like, I didn't want to go to youth group in junior high, kind of in eighth grade, I had this bitterness towards the church. I don't know where it came from, right? but I just was like, people are hypocrites. You know, I don't want to be a part of that, you know? And so I didn't go to church for a while. And then I like, I don't know, came, I don't know, had some, my come to Jesus moment, you know? And I was like, you know, I miss, like, I'm a hypocrite too, you know? Like, I think that's what made me like the sober mind of my own identity like, you know, I'm not perfect. So why am I, why is that keeping me from, why are other people's, you know, keeping me from God, sure. from, from his bride and stuff like that. So that's kind of when I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I, cause I'm, I'm pretty a uh, strict person with myself. And so when I see other people aren't, when I was younger, my response was like, you know, they're fake, right. you know, but I'm just like this ultra, like I, I don't know. I I'm pretty hard on myself. So it's just, I had to learn, you know, like everyone looks different. That doesn't take away from any of the gospel, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, we can't add or take away from the gospel. So mm. that's kind of when I was like, I, I want to be a part of the church. I want to um, be a part of my youth group again. And I want to follow the Lord and not have this bitterness that I don't know where it came from. Um, so that, I would say, I, I think I was about 14, you know, I don't remember it being like, I remember that transformation taking place, but I don't remember like on my knees, on the ground, right. like, you know. Um, and so then again, I, like I continued my faith, grew in my faith. College, like since it had already become my own, like I carried it in college, you know, I was like, that's something I want to be a part of. It was so important to me um, to find a community and um, to carry that with me and not you know, like so often kids, when they haven't realized their faith as, as their own, it's like this big drop off, you know, so, yeah. but I've already realized that sooner, you know, um, so that's the only reason, you know, I wasn't one of the, the people that fell prey to that. So um, I, I was actually rebaptized in my junior year because yeah. I wanted to remember it, you know, I wanted to like, and this is like, this is, you know, now I know like, this is like me, you know, yes. this is. So I was rebaptized with my um, college college group, not college youth group. Um, uh, so that was really cool. That was an interesting experience because I was like rebaptized. Like, why would I do that? They're like, it's not like it's like this. It's just this beautiful like confirmation. You know, I was yeah. six, or five. I don't even know. It was, I was in first grade. I know that. So um, yeah. So I think that's kind of that's my little faith story, and it's it grows continually I don't I don't have you know that big testimony moment you know where 
it's just like a gradual like what am what am I going to give up for him you know yeah. what is it worth it you know so yeah um so there's that and then people that were influential in my faith obviously my parents my um poppy you know pastor my grammy yeah. seeing mm. how they served their church mm. um and how they loved um the bride of christ and the body of christ that was like i think that's i you know when you see someone living it yeah it's like it's different than them just teaching you you know that's the truth getting to go on mission trips with them and stuff like that that was like you know mold, that molded me so um i would say they definitely influenced me pretty much every single member of my family i'm so blessed that you know everyone in a good way i don't have yeah. anyone that's like you know so um and then coaches um incorporating because basketball is just such a big part of my life hmm incorporating like you know it doesn't have to be separate from god my um junior high coach nelly Parrish, big time on that and then brandon osborne who's my coach to this day who i still train with like just the opportunity that we have through sport to glorify god and spread the gospel and his heart for the youth like that was the same heart he had for me when i was in you know 13 years old and right. um so and giving me the opportunity to glorify god through my sport and not keeping it separate you know and so because you know for a while i was like he doesn't need to be a part of it i need to be a different person on the court you know and so but learning that like i can be myself and play a way that honors god that's still competitive you know and still like i can still kick butt on the court in a godly way yeah. you know <laughs> so it's, it's, it was hard for me to realize that it was i thought yeah. i had to be like you know anyway so yeah, that's kind of the people that influenced me in my little, my journey to, um, I don't know, I yeah, guess. More mature yeah. faith. A more Yeah. 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 So many people, Brittany, it's awesome because so many people that I talk to have a similar, a similar faith story. Like there was a time whenever they were really young where they understood that, um, that, you know, I mean, they, they knew all the people that they loved were Christians and they understood that they wanted to be one. But but yeah. it wasn't really until later that they that they realized, you know, what it meant to surrender their heart and their life to Christ, to give their lives to him, you know. Yeah. And uh and uh and so like well, I mean Sadie, that my daughter, Sadie, you know, your your cousin, that's exactly what happened to her this past year. I mean, she was baptized when she was like six, but at Fields of Faith this year, she 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 realized that, you know, she didn't really understand everything about that, you know, and she yeah. wanted to, and she wanted to surrender her heart and, and her life to, to Christ. And, and so when she did, you know, we, you know, because we believe that, that baptism is, um, is something that you do in obedience after you become a Christian. So she was baptized, you know, yeah. uh, after that, because, uh, because that's kind of that first step of obedience that we take after we become a Christian. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, she, so, uh, and so many people have that story and it's awesome too, because, and I love this, you know, uh, folks who have this story of their faith and they can't really point to like a single moment. Like there were, because the God had been working in their heart and in their life so faithfully over the course of years and years and years. And, and so yeah. their, their heart was turning to him. And so it wasn't like a huge lightning bolt kind of moment. It was all these you know, like maybe a year's worth of the Lord working in their heart and their life that that led them to that point of that 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 point of surrender. But it's not a moment that they can point to. And I, and I hear that story all the time. And uh, I actually think that's really beautiful. You know, uh, so uh, because that you know that there's this this steadfast kind of faithfulness that people who have that experience that they've had. You know, they've been they've been searching this whole time. They've been moving toward the Lord this whole time, so that. You know, it's not like they were turned away from the Lord and then all of a sudden they turned back around. You know, they were turned, they yeah. had their face turned toward him for a long time and then, and he was drawing them to him. So I really think that's beautiful. That's a, so, yeah. so you, you got baptized when you were a junior in, in college. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's awesome. So, you know, at that point in your life, like what was it that kind of, that kind of spoke to you and said, Hey, I need to take this step. You know, what made you think this is something that I need to do right now? Yeah, so the, the college ministry I was a part of, Chi Alpha, uh -huh. um, they are like this, I mean, it was amazing, like family, right. like they are sold out for God, like yeah. they are, and I have never, I guess I've been around, like people my age, like this is their like, you know, I've been around people my age and they're just, you know, it's like a, 
pocket Jesus, you know, kind yes. of, you know, <laughs> but these people like are like, I mean, they were hardcore. Like yeah. I, I loved it. Like they were not, they were, you know, reading scripture. I got to one night read, like we were reading through the whole Bible in front of people and the, like the public speaking lawn on campus or whatever. Oh, that's so awesome. I took, you know, I took like the, the mid, the three in the morning shift. I didn't want anyone. To see. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I went out like at the crack of dawn and read it and it was cool. It was awesome. We just did it. And like every person, part of the group did it. They were just like those kind of people. And you just right. felt like, you know, this is what a family looks like. This is what, you know, this is what discipleship looks like. And I went through like their discipleship course and I just was like rocked. Like I was like, you know, I, I want to, I'm, I've been a part of this, but now I, like I was walking now I want to run, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, cut me loose. This baptism was like me going, I don't know. Like I'm yeah. warm. I had, I did my warm up. Now it's game time. Yes. You know? So yeah. that's kind of what it was for me. I was like, it's game time now. Like I'm, I've been in preparation this whole time. And, and then, you know, college was so hard for me just the changes of coaches and teammates and some of the adversity with that. And so when you, and it's the tale is all this time when you face adversity, that's where your faith really grows. And right. it's like, it's so true. And it's such a hard pill to swallow and you don't want it. Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but if it's going to bring them the same, and show them the same God that I know, then, you know, right. it's worth it. It's so worth it. And so that was, I mean, that's another point of emphasis is like, you know, I had, that was the first time I'd really hit adversity, you know, it was yeah. like kind of cruised in for a little while. Um, and that's when I realized, you know, like I can trust who God says he is as a companion, as a, I mean, as sovereign as well, yeah. you know? So that was one of those things. That's kind of where I was like, okay, like you got me, I can trust you now. Like, cause right. I've been through it, you know? So, yeah. and then we're going to have continual moments like that, but that's kind of the first one I ever had was, yeah, yeah I'm suffering and it doesn't change that he cares for me and that he's good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That, that it, he's, he can turn it around. <laughs> it was, it, it was suffering too. Like, I mean, you, yeah. that was a, those, those last two years, you know, where they were really hard and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, really, 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 really difficult, you know, season there. So, but it, I, I do think it's interesting like that during in the middle of that, you know, that, I mean, it was just a toxic situation. Let's call it what it was, you know, uh, yeah. in, the, in the middle of that really, really tough uh, environment. That's whenever you were really making this decision that I, I'm going to be all in for, for Jesus, you know? And I, I think yeah. that, yeah, I think that's how it happens sometimes. What does Paul say? Paul, um, he writes uh, in in Philippians. He says, "Whatever I've gained, I consider loss compared to Christ. And what's more, yeah. I consider all things a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, for whose sake I've already lost all things. I consider them rubbish, trash, in order that I might gain Christ, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is from God and by faith." And then he says this. He says, "And I want to know Christ, and share in the fellowship of His suffering." You know, yeah. so that so that I too might obtain resurrection from the dead, and so I really believe that in that passage of scripture that that, but that Paul is saying, look, I want to know Jesus. You know, whatever yeah. it takes to know Jesus, whatever it takes. You know, uh, yeah. if, if suffering is a part of it, if, if then then let me suffer. You know, um, wh whatever I have to do, whatever I have to go through in order to know Jesus better, and um, and I and I don't think there's any way around it. Like I, I really do believe. I mean, suffering is a part of the human experience. I mean, we all go yeah. through those times. So, but but in those times, like you said, we can recognize and and still believe that God is good, and even still see the hand of God moving in our lives on our behalf, even when they're, we're in really dark and difficult places. Yeah, I was. I mean, I didn't want to get out of bed most days. You know, yeah. I overtrained and like kind of almost like this hopeless mindset, you know? And yeah. I mean, my mom played a big part in helping me get out of that. You played a big part because part of what kept me in that, um, like mindset of it being a hopeless situation is that I thought I was wrong for thinking the things I did. I thought I was wrong for thinking it was wrong. You know, right. I was, yeah. well, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what, you know, and it, and it, when we think like that, we keep ourselves 
from healing and freedom and all the, I don't know, we have to acknowledge, you know, that it's wrong and you and my mom and so like so many people around me were like, cause I can easily talk myself off of anything. Like, sure. you know, like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like this is how it's supposed to look. I'm crazy, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so it was, it really took outside people to like, you know, tell me like, I'm not crazy. My teammates aren't crazy. You know, this is, this is wrong. And once I had that, then I was like able to like get out of it. Like be like, I can do this now. Cause someone else, you know, acknowledges that this is wrong, not just me. So yeah. That's, that, that's, yeah. that's a, that's really beautiful to think about too. You know, I, I do think sometimes when we're in really painful and difficult circumstances, sometimes it just helps to have someone just look at us and say, Hey gosh, this is really awful for you. I yeah. know it's really awful for you, you know? And, uh, gosh, I know that's in my life, that's been really meaningful and they don't have to offer yeah. me any advice or try yeah. to fix it or anything because you, a lot of times you can't, there's nothing you can do, you know? Yeah. So, but just to have somebody acknowledge, Hey, this is really hard for you, you know? And, and I see that and I, and I, and I'm with you. No, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm with you in the middle of that, that, difficult season. I think that really is helpful. God designed us to need that, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know it was, I think it was like pivotal, you know, mm-hmm. instead of me just keeping it to myself and stuff. So yeah, definitely. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So you, so, you know, you, you finished up your, you finished up your career there and right at the end of your, you know, career, I mean, they literally took you guys off the court at the Big 12 tournament. I mean, they literally, like, it just all came to this screeching halt, you know, Yeah. because of COVID. And so, you know, so kind of what was going through your mind at, at, at that point? Like, what, what were you what were you thinking whenever whenever they're telling you, hey, guys, you, you're going to have to, you know, I mean, that, that had to have been yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. And, you know, in the moment, you're like, I don't know how to feel because you're like, Oh, it's not going to last that long, you know? Right. Like, yeah, know. we all thought that. That's right. <laughs> Just a couple of weeks. Like, and okay, I didn't get to finish my season. Like, that sucked. But, like, I'll be on to the next thing. Like, sure. you know, like, here in a couple weeks or something. You yeah, know, it wasn't yeah. like and And at that point in time, I, it wasn't a relief that my college career was over. But it also was, you know. I, yeah. I, had, en- I had endured a lot. And I was... I was... I wasn't running on fumes because of the change that the Lord had put in, like, you know, the, his freaking supply of yes. strength and endurance, but, um, I was ready to be out of it. I was like, I am exhausted. Like, yeah. Yeah. and he, like, he was helping me finish strong, but like, it's, you know, I, so part of me, I was mourning, you know, that my college career looked a certain way, but I wasn't mourning that I was done with all the, extra crap yeah right yeah yeah it was there was you could almost see the hand of the lord in that you know and yeah yeah moving you moving you out of that and kind of delivering you from that situation so yeah and it was weird to go from like you know high intense to i'm at home for the first time in four years right over for over a week yeah (laughs) i was like this is weird i'm not doing anything like yeah and it was (laughs) but i am so thankful for that time that time was crucial for me and in the next coming years yeah i was like that was so necessary for me to spend time with my family so (laughs) it was good the Lord, but. the Lord knew what you needed before you even, before you even knew, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, the, those, uh, um, those days, you know, most of us don't really know anything about what it's like to be a division one, you know, athlete. So, you know, so, uh, but, uh, you know, we just imagine how, you know, how incredible of an experience it, it will, it can be. And, and frankly, in a lot of ways it it is, and it was for oh, you. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, it was incredible. Still, lots regardless. Of, yeah, you, you had lots of really great friends, and you got to go to all these yeah. cool places, and got to play in all these awesome gyms, and you know what I mean. And so, so there was a lot about it that was really awesome. But, but I, I don't think that those of us kind of on the outside understand either the sacrifice that it takes to to do that and to do it well, and 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 we also don't understand how really awful you know it can be you know, how toxic yeah. some of those environments can, can really be. And from the outside, like you just don't, there's no way to, there's no way to know that, you know, yeah. uh, kind of looking from, from the outside in, but, uh, 
but but it can be, and it was there for a while. And uh, but but yeah. you, but but your relationship with the Lord really, you know, bolstered you, like strengthened you through through all. Of oh that. yeah, yeah, so. definitely. And it and it was hard because I was like I was playing good, and so I was like, do yeah. I want it to change? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But also I'm like dying inside at the yeah. same time. So, but it was uh, not. I would not, you know, trade it like. I would say I wouldn't want my teammates to go through it again, yeah. you know, but I would go through it again a hundred percent if because of the fruit in my own I see what you're saying. heart, my own soul that the Lord brought out. And I had never been at that point. I had never been closer to him. Like I never had to lean on him. Like I had to in that yeah. time up to that point. So, right. Was, so yeah. l- let me ask you a question about that r- real quick. Cause, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 you were, you, you were, you were playing really great and you were, you know, and, and, but all that, and all that stuff did really produce a lot of, a lot of fruit in your life, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, but I know, like, I know what was going on there because what was, yeah what, what was being, you know, what was being communicated to you? What was, even though you're, you were playing great, I mean, you were on a tear. That was the reason why I was so upset about the big 12 tournament because I mean, you were yeah. tearing it up. you like, you were really on a yeah. roll and, uh, but, but, but what was being said to you? right was what was being communicated to you were frankly they were just a bunch of lies like a bunch of you know people were you know people were were demeaning you and were and and your teammates and they you know what I mean and so how did you in that moment and and I don't want to get specific about any of that stuff but how did you in that moment how did you separate truth from lies like what helped you what helped those words that were being said to you in this way that you were being treated not seep into your identity you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't know, it could have borne really bad fruit too. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. and probably for some of your teammates, it did, you know, yeah. cause them to question themselves and doubt themselves and mess with their confidence and, you know, whatever. So how did, how did, how did it, you keep it from, how did you keep from believing the lies? How did you distinguish what was truth and lies in that moment? Yeah. Well, part of like, so I'm a, like I'm a pretty self-critical person mm-hmm. as it is already. I kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier, but the, like, I already had struggled with uh, my identity in my sport beforehand. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I had to wrestle with. Like, but my mom, like, even like, she was a big part of that. She mm-hmm. always raised me up telling me, you know, if you stop playing basketball, then it wouldn't matter. It right. wouldn't make anyone and it wouldn't make the Lord love you less. It wouldn't make me love you less. It wouldn't change anything about you. You would literally like, it just, I don't know. It just, she was always saying like, you're, you're so much more than your sport, what you offer. And cause I'd already, you know, I won't like, whenever I do something, I want to do it well. And right. almost to a point where I idolize it. So I'd already struggled with idolization of my sport mm. leading up to that. So already wrestled with some of the stuff I told myself, but when I would get in those places, like where I'm like, man, I suck. Like, sorry. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay. Because I, and that would come on my own, but then right. I'd have, you know, someone questioning my character at the same time. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, what, am I disrespectful? Am I a bad leader? Am I doing all that I can to do? I, you know, it just, I, and I had to look at scripture and write down, I literally had a list of what God said about me. Yeah. It's awesome. On my phone. I don't have the same phone anymore. So I don't even remember what verses I put on, uh-huh. uh, I put on there, but I remember before like practice game, I would read those to myself. I tried to commit them to memory. I wasn't great. I, there was some on my phone. There were some on these little pieces of paper I'd carry in my pocket. Yeah. Um, just trying to remind me like, you know, like, of my situation, have a so sober sense of reality. I like, I am a sinner. I am not perfect, but like I have, you know, the Lord has equipped me with things, you know, I'm not this piece of scum. I don't right. <laughs> So like just having a sober sense of what he said about me, because that's the truth. Yeah. Um, and the, not what anyone else said about me and even like extending that same, you know, stuff to my teammates, like making sure that they knew, you know, and I don't know. In the end, it's like, it was all worth it to me because it trained me to like 
think differently about myself. Like I can in my sport too. And I still fall back into that sometimes where I'm like, you know, like it comes a little, and usually I find when I'm upset about mm. my sport, I know that I put it on a, the wrong shelf in my heart. Uh, got it. And so yeah. like, that's my indicator. Like when I'm super, like, I'm like, Oh, there it goes. Like mm. I'm, I've idolized it. Lord, help me put it back on the shelf where it belongs. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it, you are on the throne, not basketball, not my self image, not anyone else's opinions. So just, yeah. but mainly scripture, what they said about me, um, having it on me at all times. So I could, you know, combat it. Like I'd have a subject, a scripture, subject, scripture. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that was a big, a big difference. So that's awesome. And so if you're listening, you know, for, for our listeners right now, if you're listening right now, I just want to, I want to say to you, like, so all of us, you know, even when we're like super, you know, incredible, uh, athletes and we're smart and we're beautiful and all these crazy things. Like we all go through these times where we really doubt ourselves, right? Where we struggle and these lies are being thrown at us. And if we're not careful, we start to believe all of those things. And, 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 and the way to com the way to combat that is through scripture. So I actually love what you've been doing, Brittany, and, and maybe our, uh, maybe our listeners don't know about this, but on your, on your, uh, Facebook, on your social media, you've been posting these these prayers that these uh, athletes that you know, uh, many of them professional mm-hmm. athletes, uh, these prayers that they kind of pray over themselves. And and there's a scripture attached to that. And it, and a lot of times it has to do with some of these things you're talking about, fighting the lies that we tend to believe in. So talk a little bit about that. What made you decide to do that? And, and how did that come about? Yeah, I was just, I think prayer and scripture were so crucial, are, are still so crucial to my game and my mindset. and. Mm-hmm. Um, just the lens of which I view everything in life. But the, so I'm thinking in my head, like the Lord put it on my heart. I'm, I love creating things. I love it. So in my mind, I'm like, Oh man, like I have, I kept like, I had this idea and I know it came from the Lord because he's made me a creative person. So regardless of if it was like directly heard it or if I just came up, I know he placed that in me. And so I was, I was like, okay, I want to write prayers for each and everything I've struggled with. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I was going to do all this by myself. Mm. And then, um, and then for some reason, just one day I was like, why would I write all these by myself? Like I kept putting it off. And I think maybe that's, I was so daunted by like sitting down and writing like a hundred prayers by myself. I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, um, and so I'm like, Oh, why don't I know a lot of people like, you know, that love the Lord and play sport and have struggled with different things and even maybe struggled, like say I struggled with anxiety, but I know someone who struggled with it more and their prayer to me is just like so precious and powerful when they pray over themselves and over the people reading it. Um, cause they've been through it and they might Mm. still be going through it. And it's just, I don't know when, when I, you know, the body has different functions, you know, and the, and the body of Christ. And so those struggles have different functions and, um, there's some people that can speak to different things better. And so I was like, Oh, why don't I just get my friends involved? So that was, that was really fun. And I get to do the fun part for me, which is like, you know, making a little graphic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. It's kind of fun. Gave me something to do, like be a better steward of my time here and, um, hopefully encourage people and, um, draw them closer to the Lord and surrender some of that, yeah. Surrender their sport to him, to be honest. So, so, so where can yeah. people go to see those? Is, are you just putting them on your, on, on social media? Like what, what social media should they try to follow you on in order to see some of that? Yeah. Facebook or Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. Um, I post it on Instagram and then it posts to my Facebook. Okay. I always have to change the public setting though. Cause I, my Facebook that. is private. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I always have to go change it. Um, but yeah, my Instagram or my Facebook, either one. Okay. So, so that's yeah. Where I if you're listening, look up Brittany Brewer on Instagram and uh, and Facebook and and uh, and follow her there, and you can see these these little prayer devotional kind of things that she's been producing. They're really awesome. Another thing that you said though that I want to come back to because I thought this was really wise. You know, you you have actually in your life. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you have actually taught me a lot about serving and following Jesus, and been an example to me in a whole bunch of bunch of ways. So, but, but what you just said, I thought was really wise. You said that when you were really upset about basketball, 
right? Mm-hmm. That's how you knew that it was on the wrong shelf in your heart. And yeah. God, that's, that's so much wisdom there because anytime there's something that, that is going on in our lives and we're so upset about like our job or whatever, mm-hmm. we're so upset about it that it's like taking over our lives and our mentality and everything else. That's how we know that we've idolized it. That, that's, yeah. gosh, I, man, I can point to so many times in my own life where I, I wish I would have understood what you just said because I would go for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, feeling, you know, terrible and being upset and angry before I finally realized, oh, I've given this way too much power, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's really, really good. So if you're listening out there, that's a good, uh, for, for you folks listening on the podcast, that's a really good indicator in our hearts, right? If we, if, if, if there's something that just has got us so upset, you know, and, and so angry and so torn up a lot of times, we've given, we've given that power to this thing. And, uh, and, and we've got to take that and, and surrender it back to the Lord and, and get it back in its right, you know, proper place, uh, in our lives. Uh, and I love what you said too. Remember who's on the throne. God's on the throne. He is sovereign. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, it's like repenting. I'm sorry. I put the gift before the giver. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I put anything before you. Cause all things were created through you and you for you. Right. So why would I get upset about something that's yeah. simply a vessel or simply a gift or right. and really when you boil down, it's a game. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or if you boil down, I'm upset my job. It's a means of living. Right. God can provide for you to live in any other job. You know, yes. it's like it, we put so much weight on some of the things, you know, and beauty or singleness or yeah, maybe even like, I don't even know, just maybe someone's comment really got you worked up. What was their comment about? Yeah. You can probably like see, okay, they mentioned, you know, something in me that I'm struggling with right now, probably. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we just put too much weight on other people. Like we, we yeah. idolize other people. We put them on a pedestal. And so when they're upset at us or when, or sometimes just people liking us or accepting us. Like for me, that's my issue, right? I, I, I really need for people to like me and respect me. And sometimes that gets on the throne in my heart and I will, you know, and when they don't, when I feel like they don't, or when I feel like there's something wrong, like I just get desperate, you know? Yeah. And, and the Lord too. has to, the Lord, yeah, the Lord has to remind me, no, look, you, their opinion of you is not what matters, right? My opinion yeah. of you is what matters. And anyway, so man, yeah, I, I I need to re- remember that all the time. So, so listen, you talked a little. Sometimes it takes a minute. Yeah. Oh, it always takes me a minute because I'm hard headed and stupid, and it always takes me a long time. So <laughs> me too. So, so listen, look, you talked you talked you've talked uh, several different times about what a what a big influence that your mom what has been on you and uh, and how she really helped you through some some difficult times. Um, Look, I know it's not not an easy thing for you to talk about, but I know we have some folks who are listening who, who may be walking through some stuff in their own life that it might help for them to hear you know, oh, yeah. a little bit about what you've been going through and how the Lord has brought you through that and what you've learned even walking through, you know, losing your mom. So yeah. is it okay? Is it okay for you to talk about that a little bit? Definitely, that's okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it like <laughs> Thank a you for- Thank you for asking, though. Isn't it like I a, never know. Some days it's bad. Some days it's fine. It's like a minute by minute thing. Like, yeah. this is a true story. Yesterday, yesterday, I'm in the gym, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm listening to a podcast. And the guy who's on the podcast, that he was interviewing these hospice nurses about, you know, because mm-hmm. he, it was a girl, actually. She realized how good these hospice nurses were at dealing with people who were dying, but also dealing with the families of people who were dying. So as, mm-hmm. as they're doing these interviews, like all of a sudden I, I started, I'm on the treadmill and I started crying like a baby. And I had to, yeah. because I remembered being in there with your mom and I remember talking yeah. to you guys and, and it just brought back all these memories. So it's like one second I'm graded, but then all of a sudden it hits me upside the head like a two by four and I'm, you know, in, in the middle of it again. And, 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 and I, I can't even imagine what it's like for you as, you know, that was your mom, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, but talk a little bit about, you know, about that experience of losing your mom, about what that, you know, what that felt like, what you, what you were going through and how, what, how's the Lord brought you through all of that? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm going to start off saying like, I'm a homebody. Mm. Um, this plays an important piece. So um, kind of throughout my 
um, life, I guess. Um, I've really struggled with leaving home, which mostly means leaving my mom. Right. So when I would go to kids camp, um, literally the worst camper you could have imagined, cried <laughs> the whole time, constantly on the payphone with my mom. Brianna's my older sister's coming to check in on me like are you okay I'm sick I'm making myself sick I'm crying so much I'm not mm. eating because I miss my mom right. and my mom's like it's okay you know like, yeah. she's trying to like come on Brit. like it's okay you're not gonna die you right know? yeah and so it's I knew like I I had had this uh honestly idolization of my mom's mm. my mom my mom's presence um and home from a young, like not from, I didn't know from a young age, but I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, that was kind of there this whole time. Right. Um, but then I go like the twins are born. I couldn't, I, and my mom wasn't home for two months cause she, or longer cause she was in the hospital with them. Um, in, uh, Fort Worth. So you came and stayed with us. Yeah. That was hard. And then when she gets back, she's, has, she's investing in the twins. I like resort back to this. Like, I don't want to go to school. I want to be by her side all the time. So she's dragging me to school. I'm in, I'm 10 or 11 years old. I'm crying because I don't want to go to school because I don't want to leave her. Like just this real attachment. Um, then I'm going to college. Oh gosh. My freshman year was like my freshman summer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. Y'all. I mean, I was, uh, Grace and my best friend. (laughs) She was so, you know, she, I was a different person that summer. I was so like sick, all like cried in practice, cried in my room, cried all the time. Didn't want to hang out with anyone. Just want to cry because I miss home, miss my mom. And Mm. I would go to y'all's house in Plainview because I was like, if I go home, it's going to be bad. Like I knew it was going to be bad. Um, I had knew I had to tough it out, you know, even though I could home was two hours two and a half hours away I could have gone home but I was like no I need to do this yeah because you wouldn't want to come back yeah oh no I would not have like it would have been really bad um so that luckily that was just the summer but there's these things that the Lord was working through beforehand and I'm not saying it was in preparation for my mother's death like no but it was honestly his mercy and his grace you know that he would help me deal with these things beforehand because like I, I remember I had this vivid dream. Um, all my nightmares, this is weird. This might get weird. I'm sorry. All my nightmares like were, you know, based off someone I love dying and it yeah. normally was my mom. Yeah. Um, like I had some reoccurring ones. They weren't based with cancer or sickness or anything. It was just, it was this fear, the subconscious fear always in my mind. Like, what am I going to do when my mom dies? And I always said to myself, I was like, I want to die before my mom. Like, please let me wow. die before my mom. Like, yeah. I don't want, like, I don't know what I'm going to do without her. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't handle that. I would literally, I remember thinking about that a lot. Um, and then, you know, or like, I'll wake up in the middle and I'd be like, oh my gosh, is she okay? And I'd have to like pray through it. Like, it's okay. So uh, the Lord's revealing, the Holy Spirit's convicting me, like, man, you've got a lot of stuff on your mom. Right. And my mom was amazing. So it was, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. course, you know, I love being with her. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, um, but you know, when, um, I'm, I'm growing through that and getting, if I didn't, I could have easily just stayed at home for school. I'm glad I didn't go too far because, you know, it helped me get some more time with you know yeah people I love but if I would have stayed at home I still would have never you know grown through that um so then I'm you know I'm deciding if uh after the WBA season I'm going to Israel and mom's sick um while I'm home I get home and uh she I'm the one that's home when she breaks her hips right um and I was like why me first of all I'm the worst like at handling the situations like I don't know I mean I woke up and I came downstairs and she was like you know my hips broken I'm like oh like I don't know what to do and yeah um that's when we found out you know it spread because that's why you're right. broken um so then I'm like she's starting uh I was chemo at that point because mm-hmm. it was it wasn't immunotherapy anymore. Um, and I'm like, I, should I go to Israel? 
I made a commitment. I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. I'm like, but I don't want to go, but I need to go. Cause I told them I was going to come. They could have easily like understood, right? you know, well, and your they, mom, it would have been fine. your mom and wanted I, you to go. Like she didn't want yeah. you to miss out on that. I, I remember her having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, um, so I, in, in my mind, I actually did a podcast with my friend before leaving. Um, and she was just talking about, like, I mentioned, like, you know, I, I had to trust the Lord with my mom, you know, yeah. like he loves her so much more than I do. Right. Which doesn't even seem possible because I like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I'm like, I love my mom so much. So I'm like, am I like, he, like, I have to trust that she's going to be okay while I'm gone, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm in Israel and things are getting like pretty bad. And I didn't want to leave still because I am this person that's like, I need to follow through with my commitment. Um, obviously, my college cruise does <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, no, I can't leave. I have to finish. You know, I said I was going to finish. So, but it gets to the point where like, you know, the Lord was like, you need to go. Yeah. And if he wouldn't have told me that I needed to go, I mean, I would have regretted that for the rest of my life. So, yeah, right. So I go and, you know, I get to see her the last, the last couple of days she's speaking um and aware sorry no I'm emotional <laughs> you know I didn't know I was gonna come so um so you know my faith um when she passed away I was so lucky to be there um not lucky it was God's you know grace um and um when you know when she passed I did never doubt you know god at that point i was because i'd already you know been through some the fire in certain situations my faith at that point was refined enough to hold up from that yeah but you know there was questions of why sure um but mostly like i didn't doubt for a second that god loved me um Mm. that he loved my mom that he loved my family and that he wasn't you know gonna let us go or anything so that was, you know, it's, I'm grateful for that because it's a, it could have happened easily, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, I could have, you know, if it wasn't for the Lord's work in my life beforehand, you know, my faith could have just crumbled. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, there, I've had, a, I'm a, by myself here a lot. So I've been able to, you know, see some things in my life and like his, and, you know, in that podcast, I'm like, I can trust the Lord to take care of my mom. Well, he did. And yeah. he, he cared enough about me and my heart that he let me get home in time right. to spend. Like, the timing was, like, you know. It was. Perfect. So, um, uh, yeah, so then it could have, like, crushed, you know, crushed the faith out of me. But, um, you know, the Lord just... He wasn't going to let that happen. Right. So, and I'm so grateful because I couldn't have gotten through this, you know, without him and without the hope of, you know, eternity. Right. Number one, but the hope that my mom, you know, seeing a loved one in that state, it's just awful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, that's how you remember like their last couple of days. And so it's hard to um, imagine that, you know, they're better and, not better like she's like perfect golly yeah like I can't even golly you know it's just I can't even imagine so just the trusting the Lord through all that that's like you know that was something if I could have her back in a second I would (laughs) um but the Lord uses situations like this like for somehow for our good and maybe we don't see it till way later Mm. Uh, i've been you know blessed enough to see some of it on this side of eternity right um but i don't know just but just to see the 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 lord again hold true to his promises you know Mm. and like he like we can test his promises. Like he actually, you know, wants us to, (laughs) he wants us to know the scripture as truth. And sometimes the only way we can know it as truth is through experience. 
Um, I was talking about that with a friend, you know, like there's some scripture I can immediately be like, yes, I know that's true by faith. That's true. But then there's some stuff that he says that, you know, I'm, I didn't believe until I went through it and he had to show up in that way or, you know, he, like it was tested. And so this is one of those situations where like, I'm like thinking about eternity makes me want to throw up, but I've gotten to the point where like, I love the Lord and I know, and I know, and I know that he loves me and he loves my mom. He loves my family and that I can trust him that it doesn't matter what it looks like, like, you know, and cause if I sit too long, I think about it, I'm like, you know, you could go down this like crazy <laughs> yeah. spiral um and but instead I you know I like I can trust him because like, he's shown up in all these other situations and and the mom and the, my mom taught me these truths you know as right. well like this isn't just you know she it's like um, you know she knew I struggled with homesickness and she wasn't gonna let me you know right just become this recluse and never leave her side and right. she was graceful about it you know she yeah. wasn't like Brittany get a grit you know <laughs> she never was like that um but just you know she even just watching her life and um how she trusted him going through hell on earth right. um yeah and you know she probably had to when I left trust that god you know yeah for her you know so she yeah she did i you know there's not a doubt in my mind you know because there there came a point you know i think and i think it was probably earlier than any of us knew you know where your mom knew yeah or felt you know felt like that 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 this was going to end with her passing you know yeah and uh and I and I know that she did surrender you guys to the Lord, you know, and yeah. and and she trusted that God was gonna that God was gonna take care of you, and you know, frankly, um, she you know she was right, you know, yeah, and uh, she's so proud of you and what the Lord has done in your life, what He's still doing in your life. I think, you know, one of the things you said is so good, you know, I don't believe the Lord, I don't believe the Lord like zaps us with horrible things. You know, some yeah, people, yeah. some people, you know, believe that I, I don't believe that God, mm -hmm. I don't believe that, you know, what I do believe though is that God is powerful enough and he's merciful enough that he can take even the most awful things that we can imagine. And literally for you, that was the most awful thing that you could imagine. Literally, I can't even believe it happened right. still because I'm like, that was my worst fear. Yeah. Like, I literally have it written. I've yeah. had to work beforehand with the fear of losing my mother. I had a journal trying to rewire my brain to not freak out about right. if I lost her. Yeah. This was before she was even diagnosed. Yeah. Like, this. Yeah. 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 So, so the Lord can take even the worst thing that you could even imagine. And he can still, yeah. because he's merciful and powerful and good, he still can work that together for our good. Yeah. And he weeps with us. He, you know, mm -hmm. he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't his perfect plan that this would happen. We live in a fallen and a broken world, yeah. you know, because of, because of our own sin, you know? So, um, but, but he's still redeeming, you know, he's still doing it. So, yeah. I, and I just, if you're there, I know that there's probably someone who's listening to this podcast right now who you, you, for, I don't know, you find yourself in a situation like that where, um, where it just seems really dark and really hopeless and, and maybe even you're facing walking through your literal worst fear, you know, um, what I, what Brittany and I can both say with confidence mm -hmm. is that God is faithful and God is good. And he can be trusted even in the middle of all of, even in the middle of our worst stuff and our darkest times and our most painful experiences. He's good and he can be trusted. And we don't know that philosophically, right? We don't know that. We know that experientially. We know it because we've yeah. experienced his goodness even in the middle of all of it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. God, listen, uh, I, I, I love you. Um, and I think it's important, you know, that, 
you know, that I just say that, and that's important to all of our <laughs> podcast, you know, listeners know that, uh, that you're one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. And I'm so grateful that, you know, that, that we get to be family together. Um, and I really appreciate you sharing from your heart, you know, in so many different ways today. And I, I just, I really believe that the Lord is doing with this, like what he does with everything with you. And that is he's using you to impact the lives of other people in a positive way. And, and you're pointing people to Christ and everything that you do, whether it's on the basketball court or, you know, on a podcast or whatever it is that you're doing. So I know the Lord, I know the Lord uses you in, in mighty and in, in powerful ways. And I really appreciate you really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to do this today. I know that I know folks are going to be encouraged by it. So is there a, is there a resource, you know, like a, I don't know, a book or, or something. I know you read a lot. So has there yeah. been, has there been anything that you've read or any resources that, that have helped you through this experience? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so it's funny. Cause I thought, I thought I was reading a book by Elizabeth Elliot called suffering is never for nothing. Uh. Um, and it's short, like a sweet read and there's lots of truth in it, but I was like, and I thought, you know, it was going to give me this answer to like, you know, right. <laughs> And it, and it was a, it was a little harsher than I was expecting Yeah. <laughs> regarding grief. Yeah. Um, but I, and, but she, you know, mentions, uh, I think she mentioned the book some, somewhere, her friend, Corey Tenboom, you know, and I knew about right. Corey's story, yeah. but then I read the hiding place mm. and I was like, man, if I could not, if I can relate to anyone throughout history, I feel like I'm Corey. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because my mom was Betsy, her sister, uh -huh. you know, my mom was this solid, doesn't matter, like Betsy's starving to death in the concentration camp. And she's like, the Lord is so good. Let's praise him. Right. You know, and Corey's like, are you crazy? Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you thinking? You know, and I, like, I just felt, you know, reading her story. I love that, that story. That's amazing. And just seeing the, the mercies and the graces of God and the little, just in the details mm. when, and you know, she didn't see those at the beginning, you know, she's thinking like, I hate this. I hate the situation I'm in, you know? And then she looks back, she's like, Oh my gosh, like he did that, you know? Right. And he gave us this, that, you know, and just anyways, her perspective, uh, was just, I mean, it's amazing. Um, and her story is amazing. So yeah. if anything, if that's, I mean, Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot's awesome, amazing. But that's The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, just this incredible story of someone who's gone through, Yeah. you know, it's yeah. crazy. And she was, you know, something amazed me. She was like 50, you know, when she went to the concentration camp. You know, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, she's a teenager, you know? No, right. this woman was 50. She already was like, you know, she's supposed to be on the decline of her life. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, hey, don't say that. I'm, like, I'm 48. No, don't not, say that. <laughs> but instead she's in this terrible trial you know right like, and and her faith survives and mm -hmm. she's you know her faith survives even when her beloved sister her kindred spirit didn't you know yeah. at that point and yeah. anyways it's just it's cool. It's a rock, rock solid person. Anything by her, I would say, read it. Yeah. So <laughs> the the first one you said though is suffering is never suffering is never for nothing. For nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it's good too. Because we're gonna link. We're gonna link this in the line in the show notes. We'll put you know put some links to it too. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, that one's good. That was that one's good. But I just you know. I, the Corey Ten Boom one was really moving for me, but well, Elizabeth Elliot had some great words, you know, about grief, really. That's what it was really about. So, well, and you're much more the kind of person who can get lost in a story. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I can see how reading someone's story was better than like reading, you know, someone talking about something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I also a thousand one thousand gifts by uh, oh yeah Ann Voskamp that, yeah 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 Ann Ann Voskamp's a beautiful like writer too mm -hmm. so that that one you know she talks about you know dealing with trauma like working your way through trauma and anyway it's it's really good but uh, all right so we'll put those in the in the in the show notes and uh, 
and uh, and all, all you folks listening, you know, look look uh, Brittany up on social media uh, and and follow what she's doing because because uh, she's she's uh, she's really trying to really trying to represent um, Jesus and lead people to Jesus and everything that she's doing and. Um, plus is she just fun? Like her, her posts are fun and her, you know what I mean? She's fun. So, um, all right. You know, what, what? That meme I posted on my Facebook was not supposed to go up there of Josh. Oh, really? Commented on. I was like, I got on Facebook and I was like, what? I did not mean to post that. And I was like, so embarrassed. I believe it. You might get if you follow me, you'll get prayers. You also might get accidental memes. Yeah, yeah, accidental memes. <laughs> accidental memes of her family, which is yeah. Yeah, even even more exciting. So uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, you're next. Oh no! Listen, <laughs> there's already so much embarrassing stuff from of me all over social media. That's I don't even I don't even blink anymore when it happens. So. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, this was, it was fun. It's fun seeing you and, and talking to you. And, uh, I just want to thank you once again for, for, uh, for agreeing to do this and join on the podcast. And, um, and I think, you know, I'm a, all of, a, all of us here in shallow water, Texas and folks listening on the podcast, we're going to, we're going to keep you in our prayers, Brittany. You know, I, I know I am cause I'm, you know, your, your family, but, uh, but I know a lot of folks listening, they already know of you, you know, and, uh, and so it's good for them to kind of hear a little bit more of your story and they'll be lifting you up in prayer as you kind of figure yeah. out what the next steps are for your life. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, a lot of exciting and, and good stuff kind of out in front of you. And so we'll be, we'll be praying for you, but thanks yeah, for joining and us. I'll see you all this summer. Yeah, you will. That'll be <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.